welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is the wonderful Ben Slinger. Hello, hello. I am the wonderful Ben Slinger, and welcome to Bitstorm, as Trevor already said. <laughs> <laughs> just reiterating, just getting that vibe going, just getting the groove. It, it always just rolls off the tongue. The wonderful Ben Slinger. I mean- it's just so many people have said that about me that I think it's just sort of common knowledge out there in the world that that's, it's almost like an unofficial title, uh, that I'm just <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> it's, it's, kind, it's kind of like the incredible Bert Wonderstone. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Awesome. Okay, so what's our first game, Ben? Yeah, so we're going to start with some click picture. This is where we grab a weird stock photo from the wide world of the internet and uh, we're going to post- paste it into our Discord and laugh at it and then tell you about it and then make a game design from it. Uh-huh. Sound fun? Let's do it. Awesome. Three, two, one, enter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, we have a woman sitting on a high, very high stool, legs crossed, and her- uh, her uh, tall- In blue jeans. In don't, blue don't jeans, bury the leaf. Blue jeans, nice big heels. <laughs> And her torso, oh, and is, her on torso is on the ground next to her. <laughs> and she's sort of looking up in sort of surprise and wonder at her legs on the chair. Okay. So, I've just got this image of um, playing a VR game in where your hands and your head are disconnected. Oh. In the fact that, um, you know, your body is moving around and you can sort of see it and- and, you know, you can reach down and pick up your head and sort of I, carry it around. I and- do really like that idea of a game where, okay, because here's what I'm thinking, and you'd need, you'd need like, finger tracking for this. But I like the idea that you control your legs by, like, moving your, your fingers like a pair of legs. <laughs> um, and that's how you kind of, you have to do that to, like, walk it around the world and you can see it in the distance, but then, yeah, you're, like, you're a torso. So, you can sort of send the legs off somewhere and it can be maybe, like, a bit of a puzzle game or, um, yeah, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, straight away, I'm, I'm sort of thinking- um, I, I do like your your idea of about using, using the fingers, but the finger tracking is only available on an index and well, indexes yeah. are kind of hard to find- but you can't even is, get them in Australia. But this is, but this is like Why three, you audience? three years in the future when every VR has finger tracking by then or is easily. I don't think we need to worry about these sorts of logistics, Trevor. We're in a I don't know. Game I, I just, I, I really like the idea of a headless horseman style gameplay in which you're carrying your head and you use it as a weapon. But can't it just be that both? You also see through but it. But can't it be both? <laughs> Oh, you see through it. How do you do that, Trevor? How do you, like, throw your head and you're still seeing through your head? And then how do you get back to your head? <laughs> well, you've got to look and see the body and the body has to move towards the, um, you know, you're using your, your thumbstick right. to actually move your, well, no, but your it, body towards Well, then I think it should be the same head. thing. I think we should mix these ideas. We're a bit <laughs> antagonistic tonight. We should mix these ideas where, yes, you throw your head, but then to get your- to move your body, you have to do the finger thing. <laughs> right? So, you have to, like, turn your turn around. It's like room scale. you got to turn around, and that's your head sort of just rotating on the ground. You mm-hmm. spot your body over there, and it's like, all right, move, 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 move. Like, move your, move your body with your feet. You're having to control it with your hands. Um, and then, like, when you get close enough, it, like, picks you up and puts you back on your shoulders. And then you've got or, sort of normal- Or should it be one of those things where you've got, like, um, you know, how in I Expect You to Die, how you could, like, point at something and and then, you know, sort of telekinesis it towards you. You can do that with the head. So, as long as you know where the body is, you go, okay, so, in order for the body to point at me, the head, I'd need to have it in this sort of position here and uh, you bring yourself oh, back. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, mm. That's interesting. So, you're saying you're looking at the head's eyes. Yeah. You can see your body over there. Yeah. But your arm movements are still controlling the the body. body, On the body. Yes. Right. How do you rotate the body just with the thumbstick, I guess? With the thumbstick. Okay. You rotate the body with the thumbstick. All right, I can I can get behind that. That'd be interesting to to try to do that. Oh. It'd, it'd be like those old Resident Evil games with tank controls. Yeah, um, 
<laughs> but it's literally like you have to be able to see your body, and the camera is sort of fixed. Well, it makes a bit more sense. In your then. Eyes. At least those tank controls then kind of make sense because you are awkwardly moving your body without being able to actually like see from its perspective so i think that's how a disembodied head or a disheaded body would actually <laughs> uh would actually move right because you're sort of trying to go really slowly um and not but not run into things okay i like that that's cool yeah so what is the goal then so you're throwing this head around are you trying to spook people? Are you the headless horseman? Are you the headless horseman just going about your day to day life, <laughs> um, like every other day except ooh. Halloween? Yeah, um, in the town of Sleepy Hollow. Yep. Um, you know, you basically um, your head is actually like a jack o' lantern or whatever. Yep. Um, and so you can throw it at people. It's flaming the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supernaturally strong, so it doesn't actually break. But then it's just a you know day in the life trying to stay away from, stay away from um, all the other residents of Sleepy Hollow, like villagers who are trying yeah, to yeah pay bills. Yeah. So gameplay wise, where does it like? What is the use then of throwing the head? I mean, obviously you can sort of use it to get to places that you otherwise wouldn't be able to. Like your body can't get to. Yep. So your body can't get to the light switch. Okay. <laughs> right. Throw your head at the light switch, and and then it can telekinesis now it's it bedtime. back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's bedtime. Now, you got a little bit of light because it's flickering off your head, but- um, Well, until you run out of, like, candles and you have to go to the shops. <laughs> so, you can't go at night. It's going to be too dark. You don't have your <laughs> candle head light to, to go You don't have by. candle vision. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that idea, actually, that most of the time you've just got a nice glow, but you, it is one level where you run, you've run out of candles and you have to, like, go from street light to street light. Um and, and, yeah. Uh, well, I like the idea of it as a reconnaissance thing too. Almost like you don't want to go through the dark. Maybe the maybe things happen in the dark in Sleepy Hollow. The the even the even uh, more scary things out there. Mm-hmm. So you have to like throw your head into the next pool of light, um, of street light to kind of make sure it's safe or something, and then you, and then you can have the body follow because you can. Like, see from a different perspective or something. Like, or around a corner or something. Although, have you ever been in light and tried to look into the darkness? It's harder to see into darkness when oh, you're yeah. already in light. This is true. So, if you throw yourself into darkness, then you can actually see, you know, the sort of stuff around you. And the body can actually see as it moves into light and then out again. So, I don't know. You've got two okay. different ways of, sort of see that. doing it. You throw yourself into the darkness. Your vision, like, adapts. <laughs> And then you can track your body. Then you can move your body from. I, I, okay. <laughs> we, and we're kind of going in a few different ways. We haven't quite locked it down, but I do like the idea of your basic. It's basically an escort quest for your own body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're you're really trying to throw your head into positions where you can get a good view of the like hazards to move your body through them because from the perspective of your shoulders, they're not. You know, it's not visible enough. Yeah, because if you go to look down, then your head falls off straight away, like, because you're not continually holding your head. <laughs> you just can't look down. <laughs> I like that idea. I like- Well, and, and being able to just grab your head off your shoulders, oh, that'd be really disconcerting. But being able to grab your head off your shoulders and, like, put it around a corner, I'm oh, yeah. pretty sure that would make people- I wonder if that would make people motion sick to literally, like, oh, I want to try that now. Like, lift <laughs> your head up and the camera's attached to your head. And then you're yeah. moving your hands over there around the corner <laughs> to, like, lean around the corner and poke your head around the corner. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Uh, I, I just don't yeah. know whether, whether you know, the, um, yeah, your mind could actually detach, like, quite easily or whether it would be, like, too disconcerting. But yeah, I don't know. I know. It would be, be fun to see, like, whether you, your brain actually goes, you know what, I'm actually fully immersed into this, into this idea. Oh, man. That- Trev, you and I have to build a prototype of that game of that mechanic. I think <laughs> that's nuts. All right. Um, yeah. Anyway, escort quest for your body. I love. I like that. And and having to throw your head. Yeah, that's cool. Now it's just standard like day in the life sort of stuff. Like there's no combat. It's well, just yeah. It's, well, I just wonder. It's all physics puzzles. <laughs> it's physics puzzles. You have to like throw your head onto a seesaw to like open a door to get into the bank. Because you need to deposit a check from your day job, which is like a street- you're a streetlight. 
<laughs> so it's really your night job. <laughs> no, weirdly enough, it's your day job and you're just completely useless. <laughs> because you just, yeah. Well, maybe you did like a dark alley or something. I okay. think we'll move on to our other game. Ramped Up Click Pitch is a game where we each have a random phrase generator in front of us. An adjective and a noun will pop up when we hit the refresh button. We will take those words, we'll give them to each other very kindly, and we'll say, what do you think of this one, Ben? And you'll say, <laughs> I don't know, Trevor, let's mash them together and see what happens. That's exactly And then we come up with a game design just like we did in Click Picture, and then- Yeah, go from there. We throw it away and do it again just like we just did. Three to one click. Mm-hmm. Fussiest trainee. <laughs> busy drain. Oh, busy drain. Okay. What sort of job could someone be doing as a trainee that involves drains? I mean, like a- Sewage worker. Sewage worker or a plumber or a- Yeah. Yeah. All right. I know. I kind of like the idea of, of, like, a new trainee in the underground of New New York. <laughs> okay. So, this is a Futurama license game. Yeah. Yep. Somewhat. Well, it's just new New York, but, um, you know, and old New York is underneath the city. But And it's very busy because um, new, new New York has a lot of- um, Shit. <laughs> a, a, a lot of people coming coming to live there now. Yeah. There are a lot- There's a huge population. Uh yeah, I, I kind of like this idea as a where the, where the gameplay at least is, you know, pipe based. You're connecting up contraptions that are powered by fluids. Um, yeah, and ooh, ooh, I'm liking the idea of of like basically a hydroelectric pump. Yeah, underneath the city, um, running from both normal drains, sewer drains, and also the sewerage well, uh, I- drains as well. So you got basically. Um, different different ways of creating the power for the for the grid, right? Right. Oh, I see. So using it to create power. Yeah, I think that can be one of the things. I'm I'm almost picturing like factorial or satisfactory type thing, but it's all pipes. Yeah. Like you know, satisfactory. You know, everyone was hanging out so long to have pipes as just one of the methods of moving stuff. Our game's all pipes. It's only pipes. <laughs> but yep. you've got um, all different, different- color coded pipes. Well, yeah, I think well. Yes, but I think the fluids themselves. You don't. You are- don't want to. You don't want to mix up sewage. With yeah. Well, that's it. Fresh exactly. drinking water or potable water. Yes. Like I think it, it the, just. I think the pipes are like mostly clear or have clear sections, so you can see generally what's flowing through them. Uh, and yeah, I, think- I was just going to say the brown pipe is obviously potable water. Like, yeah, I it, mean, it just makes sense. Like blue for sewage, brown for potable. Yeah, and yellow for the the. Um, protein mush that gets piped into everyone's house for the uh, re- replicators. Yes. Uh, yeah, well, I think that's up to the- ch- I think that I think that's a choice you can make where you can- it, it is very much this sort of organising these pipes sort of game and you give the, the player flexibility of, okay, like, choose one of ten colours that you've got. Choose, you know, you can design them differently or put, like, decals on the side or something. And maybe you put some of these as unlockables as you go through the game or something where you can more easily differentiate different types of pipes. Um, and then they can just hook them up wherever they want. And so you've got, I don't know if you're doing this on a town level or a house level or a, like, I don't know what the sort of scale of it is necessarily. I, I, I think you're working on like a city block to start off with. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you can also um, visit old New York. So, there's a bit of exploration sort of stuff that you can do as well that, you know, you find collectibles and and other parts right, that so are going to help you build more pipes. you're kind of picturing this more style where you're yeah, yeah. first person or third person in the form of the character. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, yeah I like that. And uh, and so, your your main job is to, you know, hook up this brand new building that they've just installed up above. Yeah. And it's got to be able to support X number of people. Yeah. And, and that's, you've got to build, you know, like, pumps like to get up level. to, you know, up, uh, you know- to fight gravity, uh, to get it up to certain levels. Um, um, but, of course, sewerage doesn't need that because it can just come straight down. Is because coming down, yeah. Well, but, of course, <laughs> if you do happen to hook that blue sewerage pipe up to the potable water accidentally, <laughs> then, yeah, you're going to need to pump it. But pumping solids takes a little bit more <laughs> to pump up. <laughs> well, and I think you've got tools for, like, oh, shit, we mixed this water. Like, we have to clear it out. And you might have, like, manually pump it after you've sort of fixed the the- 
you know, the accidental merging of them or something. You have to, like, clear it out. I like the idea, though, then, that, like, to save money instead of putting the sewage through, like, filters and purifiers and stuff, you can just dump it into old New York. Yeah. Uh, you've just sort of got a, a you know, a, a manhole cover Into storage or containers or whatever. No, I think you just dump it from the- So that whoever <laughs> lives in old New York, whether if we go Futurama with the sort of mutant thing or if we, you know, take it a different direction, it's literally just dropping feces. But that if you do that too much, you run the risk of an uprising from below that you then, like, they might come and destroy half your shit. Um, yeah. Or, ma- or maybe you have to defend against it with, like, water acid cannons or something. I don't know. Like- <laughs> yeah, but I'm thinking if you if you accidentally pump the sewage up, up above, then you've got people, like, attacking from above down. Like, no matter what you do, you, you're sort of like, you've got to put that sewage somewhere and there's there's no good place to put it. Yeah, I think the sewage has to go somewhere. I think you- I think you get options to, like, filter it and purify it and, and recycle it, but- for it one, takes it's a lot of power. It takes more power. It also makes the water not taste as good afterwards. Um, um, and and that's that's where the rich upper class neighbourhood, like, they can they can afford it. Like, they can yeah, afford all that all that extra like power. The flavour of the poo water. Oh no! You, you give them, you give them like flavoring options so that they can purchase oh, you like also a, have to pump a flavor up. enhancer. I like, I love because what I really want to see here is just a huge fucking mishmash of pipes that you just completely lose control over. So I like the idea that you've got your main big pipes that are pumping like your water and your sewage, but then you've got like pipes that can attach to the pipes that are pumping like your flavors and <laughs> your yeah. protein marsh and whatever. And you can, yeah, you can like run them alongside your other pipes, but that, you know, that can get confusing. Yeah, and the whole, the whole can- idea being, being that if you, if you're pumping, you know, the poo water up to, up to, you know, the rich people, um, the rich people's block that have just moved in, um, you've got to put the flavors that are also derived from the yellow protein mixed with a little bit of the poo water, um, you know, you got to match the flavor profiles to the different demographic <laughs> in in the building, and the funny thing is, you can work that out from analyzing the poo water. Right, like you can you can work out what so they you like. Can put like a, you can yeah, you can put a little like um, tracer section in your uh, pipe that that sends you metrics data. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's cool. And you make sure that the that the poor neighborhoods get. Get all the clean water because they're the ones that need it the most. Well, I mean, they, and I think that's, they can't go out and, and afford clean water. A decision that you make as part of the game, like you could go pure evil capitalist and and just only pump sewage to certain people <laughs> who can't afford it. But you you we, you like you have repercussions in there for that. Yeah. Uh, or you can yeah you can be um, an actual good person and and. Give the rich people flavored poo water, uh, and they'll lap it up literally. Because, because that's as fa- we all know, rich people love poo water. Okay, three, two, one. Yeah, that's the title of the episode. <laughs> rich people love poo water. Yeah. <laughs> Impaired storm, speculative schema. So, there's that trope in college movies or TV shows of that one person who- And the one I'm thinking of right now is Veronica Mars did it. There's the one mm-hmm. person who, like, just doesn't go to class and they're just at college to, like- They're super smart, but they just run all these schemes and, like, get cheat sheets for people and, like, sell drugs and- Yep. That's sort of- that. That's where my mind went. Because you said dorm, right? Storm. Oh, S-T-O-R-M. Storm. <laughs> Well, that's not the same thing at all. <laughs> You're all sitting there but, going, "What the I'm, fuck is he talking?" I'm kind of like, "Okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to take your idea and I'm going to run with it, but I'm going to put an extra little thing on." Mm-hmm. And when I when I think the word storm, I think of battle royale and the, and an incoming storm, sort of forcing everyone to the center. And okay. so you have- you have a whole heap of, like, NPCs in which you're trying to sell drugs and tests to. <laughs> <laughs> They're all being forced into the centre and you, you're basically trying to- <laughs> not, not sure how that's going to work. Everyone into the quad. The storm's coming. <laughs> you're on campus and, you know, the, the storm's sort of coming in, so the circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller and you're selling tests to, to more right, and more people right, and then to, when you get into the centre- <laughs> to, to merge this together properly, maybe this is- 
a university for demigods. Okay. Yep. And that's where Storm comes in because, like, half of the student base is because fucking Thor fucked some- Or, like, um, Zeus, Zeus fucked, fucked someone. Yeah. Because uh, he's just- He's prone to that. Um. So, yeah, it's kind of this, like, I guess Percy Jackson-esque, but it's college life yep. uh, with all these people. And, and, like, not everyone has powers because, you know, you don't always get- you know, big powers being a demigod, but everyone is, uh, yeah, is like half god. And and then, yeah, you, there is one of these characters, and I don't think they're a Zeus son <laughs> or a Zeus kid. Um, who's who's someone that's like the god of intelligence or something, like Hermes or something? Or Hermes? Who is Hermes? I don't um, remember my Greek mythology. Oh, Her- Hermes is a herald. Well, that kind of makes sense. Um, hang on. Greek god of intelligence. Who's that? Coas. <laughs> there you go. I don't recognize the name. Coas the Coed. Yep. Yeah, Coas the Coed. <laughs> exactly. Um, and and so, yeah, you're, that's who you play. You play this this child of Coas who is sort of trying to get by in, in this university is college situation where all the jocks are like kids of Zeus and like basically it, it sets up the cliques based on who your parent is, your godparent, your <laughs> literal godparent. <laughs> and you are literally the only one in college that is the that is the Oh uh, or Athena. Like Athena is apparently the goddess of reason, wisdom, intelligence. So that that's yeah. that's someone who's a bit more known. Um Yeah. Yeah. So you've got, <laughs> although we then lose Coas the Coet, like uh, oh, yeah, that's true. I don't know. Oh, Coas is a titan. <clears throat> Coas ah. is the titan of intellect. Um, Ooh, so absolutely massive. Yeah, I mean that's kind of cool. Still hung like a mountain. Well, I mean, you can have children of titans as well, and they, yeah, they're like they're not they're not like actual mountain sized. They're like sort of Hagrid size. They're they're like a, a fucking uh, Goliath or something from D and D. You know, like they're they're eight or nine feet tall. See, I'm I'm, I'm thinking straight away of God of War and how big the fucking Titans were in there. Yeah, I don't. Uh, we're not going to go into how a Titan impregnates a human <laughs> or vice versa, but um, it happens. It's a God thing. <laughs> Time, oh god, I can't get I can't get that out of my mind. Okay. <laughs> so, how how does the battle royale rules come into no, this thing? No, 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 no. <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. This is a more of a narrative thing. You, I think. you said we're going to mash those ideas together and my idea well, but it was, was the storm. It was the storm that we're mashing together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can go battle royale. We can go um basically it's a it's, it's a hero like shooter. archetypes yeah it's well it's it's very apex legends which we've been playing lately where you've got your different characters and they are all children of the different gods and it is it's it's battle royale but it's um themed like it's it's the, as if this is like the college sport right this is yeah I, i'm i'm seeing this as literally your characters are like the characters from overwatch but okay. you're in teams of three or two or whatever whatever teams you want, yep. one, two, or three, or four, yep. um, depending on your party size, because we usually play in a two or a three. Yep. And, you know, you've got all your weapons there already. You're just sort of playing the, the typical um, battle royale without having to loot too much um, ammo or anything like that. It's more around the um, well, I think it's more, more around the manner. Overwatch way. Well, it's more around manner and power in that yeah. way then, because you're all you've got the different and collectibles powers. and and that well, sort of and, stuff. Okay. Like, and here's the thing: to to keep this on the university theme, let's mix yeah. it up a little. Instead of one big battle royale game that takes like half an hour or twenty minutes, you've got multiple rounds in between which you have to go to class <laughs> <laughs> and. And you better that- hope you better hope that your next class is within the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well maybe. Or or it's just that like it's like mini battle royale, so maybe it's a faster match and it's like multi multi matches, right? It's like multi battle royale matches. Um and in between you go to class and that lets you skill up certain things just for that match, like it's a it's only a match level thing. Uh obviously you do level up overall as well and get different Equipment or different, um, you know, aesthetic, uh, things as well. But I think it's more like, okay, which class am I going to go to? 
um, you know, I've got the option of I can go to fucking oh, you you go you go to like the sciences, and that increases your um, intellect, which um, you know allows you to get more um, more mana points or whatever for for the next round that's coming up, something like that. Or you can go to you can go to like a um, physical education sort of stuff, and you get um, a little bit more strength and a little bit um, more armor that or something sort of like thing. that. And I think maybe it's different per archetype. So like if you're a child of Zeus, then going yeah, going to science class might just give you more mana or something or like power, you know, give you an extra um like your lightning goes in extra, you know, bounces or something. But if you're, you know, the 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 coes coes co coed, um it's more of a you've got some tech or you've got the ability to like see enemies or like you theme them in different ways, but the different archetypes get different bonuses depending on which class they go to. Yeah, I, I love that instead of the typical um, hero thing of these heroes are, are specifically skinned and all that sort of stuff, it's more around you get to sort of design your own hero. Yes, yes. But from, from from the archetype. From that archetype of you are the child of a particular god or titan, yeah. Yeah. That's cool, actually. I like that. I like that a lot. It gives a bit more of um, a personal touch to to your and character. You, you also don't know what sort of characters coming at you until they well, until yeah, they reveal it. Perhaps I think you'd have certain thematic. You need to be on the lookout for for the um for the electricity like coming off this person. You yeah, know, oh, something no, like Zeus's that. son. Yeah, or you or, or you, Zeus's or you daughter, force them or- to have or you force them to have certain thematic things where it's like okay, well, like all of the different. Um, like logos they can choose, uh, lightning, uh, lightning based, you know. Yeah. Um, but you've got a bunch of different options you can have. Uh, oh, I'm imagining the ultimate for like, um, is it Hades that's actually the god or is that the, that's the underworld? Um, Hades is the Hell. king of oh, the, no, god, god, god of wealth, yeah. god of wealth, king of the god underworld. of the underworld. Yeah. Yeah. Also describe the, the home of the dead as well. So, Ooh, and his dog is Cerberus. Yeah, <laughs> he can have a. Pet. So I, I'm I'm thinking that your ultimate for for that is you unleash Cerberus, and yes. basically the Cerberus goes around, um, killing, well, definitely maiming, maiming, not killing. I, well, I'm, I'm imagining we, that these, they're all gods. These- they're all like god people, right? So it's just like saps thing. I don't know. It saps their godness or something. <laughs> Whatever. Or they just heal quickly. Or yeah, they disintegrate and then they then they re. Reappear in the um in the infirmary. So I'm loving I'm loving the different archetypes that we can pull from. Like Hermes is all about travel, mm-hmm. speed, like maybe helping helping your your team get around. Um, Poseidon of is you know <laughs> do you, do you make, water control? I mean yeah. Do you make Poseidon like fucking Aquaman? Where it's like oh my god, another level. There's no fucking water here. <laughs> Yeah, and you're running. You're running through like the quad, and you're like pulling water from the fountain. From the fountain. That's all you've got is yep. the fountain and a pond, um, and a drinking fountain. And <laughs> like, there's, I guess, yeah. Look, so, I guess someone, you can someone's stuff. coming down. Someone's coming down the road, you know, with a drink bottle, and you just you control the water in there. <laughs> or, and and this is this is absolutely um, crazy. The ultimate is that you can control the eighty percent of the water that people are made of. Oh, you do some blood bending? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that could that's, be a good that's ultimate. That's like the that could ultimate. Be a good ultimate, actually. I don't know how you'd actually control that. Do you just- Does it just, like, take control of all the people and for five seconds they walk towards the nearest hazard? Or they, um, you know, you can you can target it, like, one or two people and they turn immediately on their, um, on their fellow friends and right. do damage yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that could work. That could work. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, cool. I, I think that's- I like that a lot. And- I like mixing it up a bit from the standard battle royale with the with the rounds. That'd be. Oh, I kind I kind of like the idea of having like a a child, another child of Cronus, mm. and you know having time powers time powers. Shit. Jesus, um, yeah, that the time power for the ultimate is is literally the instead of stopping time because that's really really hard to do in in multiplayer. You just make them incredibly you old make- really really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, or I was thinking it just like slows everyone else down. In an area or something, and you, oh, yeah, and they you, could work kind of kind of like um, kind of like the May Ultimate, where people would gradually slow down to nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. That is really cool. Yeah, three to one click. Let's do it.
Emphatic spa. Conditional creature. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so... The Emphatic Spa made me think this is the video game adaptation of Hot Tub Time Machine. Um, (laughs) And perhaps, like, conditional creature, perhaps there's, like, creatures coming through this time stream or something. Is this, like, a horde shooter where um, the spa is, like, the the hot tub is, like, um, spawning out creatures that you have to fight? Uh, But only if the conditions are wrong. So- you know, someone someone left a used condom in there, <laughs> then <laughs> then you know that. Oh shit! <laughs> or, or maybe conditional is what type of creatures come out. So yes, if it's the used condom, then you get like giant prophylactics that are all goopy coming out. And but if it's that they dropped a beer in there, you get like you know beer base, a beer bong, a beer bong <laughs> um, type creature. Okay, I'm not sure. This- <laughs> I'm not sure this is a thing. Uh, Hot Tub Time Machine doesn't exactly lend itself to a shooter or any sort of video game, really, seeing as it's just kind of a sex romp comedy. Um, I never saw the second one. I'm not sure whether I want to. I don't recall it, which means it was probably mostly forgettable. But did have Adam Scott in it, though, so- I do like- I do like like some Adam Scott in my movie face. Is this a horror game set in like a day spa, and 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 the creature came from the mud bath? It's like a dripping like creature from the Black Lagoon kind of style thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like drops mud, mud, muddy footprints everywhere to hide from it. Yep. Um, oh, and you and you're trying you're trying to run the spa as if everything's fine. You're trying to run. <laughs> I was more thinking like a survival like horror kind of like alien isolation style well you've still got that but you're still trying to make a buck at you're the same still time. trying to make a buck so you're so you managed to lock the mud monster into the sauna which you know is mm-hmm. going to weaken it because it like hardens no that's not gonna it's gonna weaken it if you don't put any water in there because it hardens up the um the, the muddy the muddy shell and then you're like all right front desk let all the people in Got to make some money. Oh, shit, it got out. Everybody out. <laughs> it, it's it's more the fact that you don't realise it until, like, it's 9.30 in the morning. The spa's been open for, like, an hour. And you get you get told that um, there's someone who's um, who's been maimed in the, um, in the sauna. And there was mud seen, you know, leading up to it, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, you go and investigate. And, you know, your boss has sort of said, we need today's- um, Work to go really, really well because if we don't make our thresholds, we're going to close. Okay, I, but at the same time, you've got. I like the challenge of mixing survival horror with you know basic sort of management sim slash narrative, whatever. So this is just this day. So it's set across this single day. Yep. It's sort of a, I'm thinking like a third person um, of sort of picturing like like Hitman sort of perspective, not gameplay necessarily, but just yeah, like yep. walking around as someone like that. Where you get that sort of that sort of view, and you can move around, and you can like interact with things. <laughs> and yeah, then at like nine thirty, someone comes and says that one of their one of the people who came in is missing, and like the mud's everywhere in the mud spa room, and like what's going on? And then you're just walking around investigating this, and occasionally you'll like find muddy footprints, and and you'll think, oh. So, obviously, she came this way, but these footprints are, are a little bit too big. They're like a, you know, size yeah, uh, she must 14 to 15. She must have left her fl- like, fluffy slippers on in the mud bath. Oh, I hate when people do that. Yeah. And then you see her viscerally get, you know, ripped apart or whatever. Or he get ripped apart. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I pictured you and playing then- as a woman, which maybe is 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 gender role specific of someone working at a day spa, but also- we need more. She's women. A manager. We, we also need more women protagonists. Oh, she's so. she's the assistant manager. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I do like the idea that you know all of a sudden she's like, okay, I've now got to deal with this. So you're going through the background uh, through this these dark like steam pipe areas and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, and you hear creaks and all this sort of and stuff. Then you and get then you get a call from your manager and you're like, I there's not enough people to come in today. <laughs> you gotta 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 get your game up. Uh, yep. and then you're having so to like balance her being that. the assistant manager, you know, she, she goes through this, through this dingy looking door yep. and she just exits out into, into like this pure bright. Yeah. The beautiful spa like, foyer or whatever. Yep. And, I, and, I just, and I just immediately love gets be- accosted by a customer, you know, 
trying to find the the cucumber room. Yeah. So I, I love the idea of like the um, Nightmare on Elm Street style um, steam pipes and boiler room sort of stuff. Yeah. And then juxtaposed you, against you're entering juxtaposed against like the, totally the clean um, spa living. I, I kind of like the idea of it of like an airlock of clean where as soon as it sort of opens up, it's yeah, into you this hear dirty, like the dingy of the clean to the clean scented air uh, <laughs> enter uh, enter the airlock because yep. you don't want any. They they pump out the gross dingy air from outside from from the <laughs> from the behind the scenes. Um. Okay, I kind of like this where, you, yeah, you sort of got this frantic thing. So, I feel like maybe you haven't even necessarily seen this monster yet. You know something's up, but you kind of have to keep up appearances and you're constantly getting berated or, like, called upon by your boss to really push you to just keep business going as usual. Um, I just got a call. The the spa room is, is um, running out of hot towels. Go get some more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then as you do that and you're like, Again, go into the sort of the storage area where they heat up the towels um, and you-, you On catch the a- boiler itself. Yeah. Yeah, they're just kind of like <laughs> draped across the filthy boiler. Um, <laughs> you catch a glimpse of like something moving, you know, or you hear a sound like something clattering or whatever. And you have these tense moments where you, you don't know what's going on um, and you kind of are getting freaked out. And then, yeah, you back into the swing of it. I don't know. There's something about, like, how cool the lighting could be in this thing of, you know, the harsh sort of fluorescentness of the spa versus the harsh, like, boiler room, orangey, ready glow from- Yeah. From, like, just the lo- below just and, the, just, and dark and dingy and- Just the temperature of the lighting in each and the- the glare of it, yeah, for sure. Um, it's much more diffuse lighting when you're outside and it's sort of like light bouncing off everywhere, whereas when you're behind the scenes, it's like coming from the one bare light bulb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that swinging light bulb. Because the manager's totally stingy. Like, they put on appearances from the outside, but they you know, they don't spend any money on actual amenities behind yeah. the scenes. You know what? Each area has, like, a little detector to see whether you're there, and that's what switches it on. Um, because Ooh, I like okay, the yep. idea that as you're going through, you know, your single swinging light bulb gets switched on. Yep. And then you look off to the side and you see a light bulb just all of a sudden flick on, like, uh, four areas away. Uh, yeah, that's good. And you're like, oh, and it flicks fuck. off, and then the one closer <laughs> flicks on. <laughs> yeah. That typical library oh, yeah. thing that they have in the States. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and that would make sense again. Your boss is completely miserly, and so they've put sensor lights in literally every room, and you're constantly getting pissed off because if you do something in one room that's not like energetic enough, it, the light just ends up turning off <laughs> if you haven't moved for long enough because the, the, the yeah, like the timeout is so low. I'm just imagining pipes everywhere that can, you know, like small little offcuts of pipes that can fall and make that um, uh, really sharp clattering sound mm. that you hear sometimes in the movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Just you, lots of those everywhere. Something heavy and metal hitting concrete. Yeah, for sure. Or heavy and metal hitting a heavy metal grate. Well, that, yeah, you know, exactly. Gives that too. pretty awesome sound. Oh, I love the idea that you like- realize that this mud monster can go through the grates because it just like melts its way through you start finding just residue like footprints ending at a muddy grate and you're like oh <laughs> shit they're gone like they've gone into the lower level or whatever <laughs> so the latter parts of the game mm-hmm. are where the two sort of get brought together um the, there's more attacks on the um on the bright area and the only safe haven is is like out the back sort of thing. Yeah, so you're bringing- I'm almost starting to picture this as a bit of like a Quantic Dream style game where it's you know fairly heavily na- um, narrative based, or kind of <laughs> like until dawn style style thing where it's mostly narrative. Maybe there's some replayability um, with different yeah. branching stuff, but yeah, and so then you can really ramp up that tension as the game goes along into the later stages, and you're getting more. You know, closer and closer or actual interactions with this creature. And yeah, you sort of probably having like quick time events or little mini games or, or just having to run away sort of things and lock them in a room that's going to stop them for a while, whether that is, you know, the sauna or whatever. Yep. And I don't know, to, to allow it to go a little bit further, um, like in, in the, in, and open up for like a potential sequel. Yeah. 
is when you finally beat the um the mud monster. Like you're going out the back and you hear something growling. So there's actually something else there. Like Oh yeah. There's maybe maybe in the background. Sure. It's in like the the isolation tanks. You hear something in one of those. <laughs> uh well I can't I like that idea. I like that. I'm just imagining one part of the game where you got to hide in an, in an isolation oh, tank. Gosh. That is actually it's, it's that pure um, silence. Yeah, all you can hear is the, then, like the water sloshing around in there. And then you open it up and you hear the hear the monster. But of course, if, if you open too soon, yeah, or it just opens it. <laughs> You're like waiting, and then just gets pulled open. Or they had, actually, you'd do that, but then it would, like, be your boss or something. It's like, what are you doing hanging out in this fucking tank? You're supposed to be working. Uh, I also like the idea that that as the game goes on, maybe, and or maybe as you do damage to it or, like, manage to, to hurt it in some ways, you start seeing what's under the mud. Yeah. Like, it's not just made purely of mud. There's, like, something obscene beneath. Uh, that'd be that'd be fun to, to design. All right, cool. Yeah. I like it. Okay. So, do you want to click? click? <laughs> Productive meantime. Astronomical periscope. How would an astronomical periscope work? <laughs> it's it's obviously a submarine based astronomical research laboratory. <laughs> so it's under the water, but it's but it sticks the periscope up to look at the stars. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. What sort of world can we generate where astronomers have to like be hiding and be on the move, like be be mobile and secretive? Okay. So it's set after an, an apocalypse, like yeah. a nuclear apocalypse they or happen. something like that. Yeah. And the only safe place is underwater. Okay. But because it like blocks enough of the radiation. Yeah. Like. You get enough of a shield, it sort of acts almost like an ozone layer. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure water does a pretty decent job of blocking um, radiation. Yeah. Um, scientists who want to study the stars and sort of study study the world, mm. you know, need to need to travel around in sub- submarines, obviously can't go too high. Oh, okay. So, they put up the oh, periscope to- This is good. I, I, this world that we're building here, so- Post-apocalypse, the entire surface of the planet is radiated. So, yep. everyone has had to go into habitats underwater because yep. the ocean is the is the best shield against that radiation we have. And so, yeah, effectively, these astronomers are like the equivalent of our astronauts now who also have to deal with like radiation from not having protection from our atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And so, they're going up and they're risking, you know, and there may be even- Life and limb. Yeah, there may be even moments where, like, I think you can survive, like, above the water um, for a certain amount of time, but you probably get a pretty severe dose of radiation. And so, we can play with that and, and the, the fear of that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking the only way that you can sort of go up is in those old-timey, you know, big bell diving suits sort of thing. Oh, well, oh, that's the only way you can go above the surface? Yeah. I, okay, Basically- They're like- Lined or something. Yeah. Yeah, like, that makes- uh, uh, <laughs> That makes sense. I, I kind of like the idea that it's- That, you know, they can swim underwater with relative ease. You know, they've got, like, personal diving suits, but yeah. they need big, bulky diving suits for yeah. Um, yeah. traveling like out onto that. land. We're flipping, we're flipping the- The norm. The norm. That's cool. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's a cool aesthetic. Uh, and then having to, like- Well, because it also plays into the space thing where to get these fucking heavy suits up there like you need enough energy enough power and it's not like having to having to break orbit but it's uh or break, gra- break gravitational pull but like it's a similar sort of thing like if you're taking six people up there it you need a bigger fucking sub or whatever yeah the, the whole weight aspect of it is interesting so yeah okay i like this a lot maybe this is almost a oh and there's not, there aren't enough of these type of games lately. It's got a, a, I'm picturing it's got a very Wing Commander or like X-Wing versus TIE Fighter vibe. Okay. Where yep. you're going out on these missions in the sub. And that's your main gameplay is like these sort of mostly narrative missions where you're going from point to point and then something happens at that time. And maybe there is like combat. Maybe there's actually, you know, you're fighting oh, yeah. I'm, deep I'm, sea creatures I'm thinking it's, or like- I'm thinking it's sort factions. of like, um, if you remember X-Wing Alliance and that sort of stuff, yeah. they had a very story-based yeah. start where, where you're working for, for like your uncle's sort of area, um, trying to deal with both the resistance and the- um, Exactly. And the Imperials. Yeah. Or even all the, like, and yeah, like the Wing Commander ones. I mean, by the time they got to Wing Commander, fucking three, four, five, when they were doing full motion video, 
video scenes and stuff, like the story was all in between the missions and the missions fed into the story in that way. But the story happened in between the gameplay was really, you'd get like voiceovers and stuff. And I think we'd have that too. But yeah, I like these in between scenes where you're on the base and you're creating relationships with people and like learning about the world and then it's like oh okay let's go off on the next mission and now you're adding your sub yeah i like the idea that your first sort of missions are, are going out you know sort of tending to the um to the underwater gardens and that sort of stuff yeah. and, you know, sort and of- i think you've got your you start with your like your lighter more technologically advanced subs um yeah that are just sort of little get arounds but but when you start getting to the ones where you got to go close to the surface yeah, maybe that's when you need the full-on deadline ones. Yeah, that- and so and I think I feel like maybe they're all like retrofitted older subs, like nuclear submarines and stuff, which would already have a lot of radiation shielding or whatever. Oh, because I'm I'm imagining that deep sea sort of stuff would have a lot more three D sort of um you know three dimensions of of battle that you know obviously you can't go down too deep because of the pressure and you can't go too high because of the radiation. Yeah. So, yeah. it's, it's sort of stuck in that sandwiched level. Yeah, but um, you still but- get that aspect of, yeah, it's not the full kind of there's no up of space, which can get really confusing because those Wing Commander and TIE Fighter games often did end up being just like spinning around until you see someone and then like tracking them and you kind of don't get that real sense of of spatial, yep. you know, knowing where you are in space. But, I, but Okay, so I've just been tracking this A-Wing for the last half hour, <laughs> and yes, I played some fucking X-Wing Alliance recently, and- <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it was TIE Fighter. I had to play, I was playing TIE Fighter and these A-wings are just so goddamn fast yep. that I couldn't keep up with them, couldn't shoot them and it took me half an hour to kill one of them. I had to kill five of them. Yeah, that's frustrating. <laughs> so, we're going to make our game at least as frustrating. <laughs> no, I, I, I do really like that idea because yes, you've got more of the spatial thing where you can find ways to create like landmarks and stuff where you've got, you know, a big coral reef and- you know, sort of different underwater structures and um, yeah, bases it's, and things. It's sort of, it's much deeper than what a subnautica is, yes. but it's also, um, you know, you've got predefined habitats that you're out. Well, um, to the point defending yeah, and that sort of stuff, and deeper to the point that I think, like your first missions, there's no way for you to get to the surface. Um, for one, oh yeah, for one, your 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 um, vehicles aren't designed like aren't designed to go that high. I don't know if they change. Anyway, maybe it gives you a warning of like, you're ascending too fast. You're going to get fucking nitrogen poisoning in your blood or whatever. Um, but to the point that when you do need to make the, take those surface trips, just like in some of those games, you need to literally do like time dilation before you get there. <laughs> like it's- Well, I'm, I'm thinking that's what those big diving suits are for. They're pressurized suits so that they keep the, the yeah. same pressure that you're used to down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why you can actually go up really quickly because you've kept the same pressure in yeah. the, um, in the suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It not only keeps you safe from the radiation, but it also keeps you safe from the, the pressure change. Yeah. From the bends. Oh, I'm just imagining you go into a fight on land and someone punches your suit and you just explode <laughs> 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 from the pressure change. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm not sure how the land stuff works. I mean, I guess it's not, you know, too tricky to do some third-person land-based stuff. Um, but I- Yeah, I'm thinking nuclear winter up there, like- Yeah. Going up against um, mutated animals, but there's no humans left up there. Well, I'm just wondering whether the on-land stuff is, is more akin to the on-base stuff, where it's more exploratory and expositional, with the main gameplay yep. being your actual, like, sub-fighting and stuff. Um Yeah. You know, going between, yeah, your smaller craft, which is a, is a lot more like your kind of X-Wing V TIE fighter dogfighting style thing. Um, but moving up to as you get into bigger subs, you've got more like torpedo, you know, firing your torpedoes off from a distance and like tracking them longer distance and that sort of thing. You, you can't maneuver as fast, but you've got, you know, heavier weapons and, and more armor and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I, I really like, I don't know why, why they've sort of gone off that space sort of mission based gameplay. Like, yeah, I'm not sure what there hasn't been one. Even Elite Dangerous went Mm. away from that. Mm. Like the original Elite had a lot more, um, sort of mission based stuff. Whereas the later ones is just like, oh, it's all exploratory. Like No Man's Sky, but that's not really narrative in that way. That's very much more. I mean, obviously that's so much around it was the procedural stuff. Um, but yeah, there's not as much of that kind of story based narrative go on missions. Yeah. Don't know. Oh, I like it. Well, now oh, we've, I like we've got it. a new one and we took it into a new area. I love it. 
All right, I think- Can someone please make it? Yeah, please, because- And then add VR to it, because VR would just be amazing. That would be cool, it. actually. But yeah. It's just added added bonuses. Yeah. It doesn't have to be as, part, as <laughs> the main draw card. All right, I think we're going to go on to our final click picture. It's about- Can't wait to see this picture. It's about that time. So, uh, three, two, one, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to go out uh and, and drag this one out. It's a goldfish who's packed its bags and left its fish bowl. Um, um, it has on arms legs and legs and, a- <laughs> and a weird sort of human nose. nose, human nose sort of. Yeah. But I like this. I like this. A goldfish who has decided fuck this water thing. I'm going to become a land creature. Yeah. I I think I think we can take this to a to a like a walking fish sort of sort of thing in the fact that um, this fish has has somehow grown lungs as well as gills. Well, I don't. I you know I don't even want to explain it. I want this to be one of those kind of wacky, comical kind of games. It's just like the fish literally is at the start. I'm going to go outside today, and they like jump out of the water and they grow arms and legs. This is a fisher fisher's holiday. It's a fish out of water kind of game. Yep, literally. And you, yeah, you just like. You just go around and start interacting with things and people, and they're like, "What the fuck? Aren't you a fish? You're supposed to be in the, in the water." And you're like, "Yeah, I don't know, whatever. I didn't <laughs> want to be in there today. I'm so going on a you. European vacation. I yeah. want to see the world." Yeah. It's, Hello, uh, I'm a goldfish. <laughs> Three seconds later. Hello, I'm a goldfish. <laughs> National lampreys European vacation. <laughs> I don't know how deep you go on the memory thing. You could, though. Uh, uh, it's, here's it's the just, next thing. Here's it's the just next a little thing. joke that, that the fish, you know, sort of does at the start of the game. Oh, it's just fish humour. It's yeah. just fish humour. It's just like, nah, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I, can, I can remember lots of things. I kind of want to make this like a RPG. Okay. Uh, but more narrative-based RPG, yeah, not much so combat? When, when I say RPG, I guess I don't mean like full RPG where you've got a ton of stats and it's all combat based i guess just the vibe of it where i don't know maybe i guess maybe it's not like an rpg i'm trying to think Uh, what i wanted to get out of that but i'm thinking that this is very much a um you get to help this fish have like an amazing holiday because i'm i'm imagining that like it's never seen the world it's only ever seen its its fishbowl yeah and wants wants to get out and see the world um because you know he had a had a health scare or whatever, and you know wants a bit of a sea change and having a bit of a midlife crisis as far a as sea a sea change as far uh, as a fish is concerned, yeah, well, yeah, and I think you just treat it very comical. I'm almost actually now, I guess I'm picturing it more as like a point and click adventure, but not not pointing and clicking <laughs> but like third person, <laughs> yeah, so dark, kind of like uh, some grim fandango puzzles, yeah, maybe, um. I love the idea that uh, for, like, 30 seconds after you get out of your fishbowl, when you try to move forward, you veer to the left because, like, that's the direction you always swam. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just throw that in there as a little joke. Uh, But, yeah, and then it's just about, like, okay, I'm a fish. How the fuck do I, like, get to Europe? (laughs) So, your first thing is go to the bus station. Go, okay, where am I and how do I get to Europe? Well, how far is Europe? (laughs) You're You're in- you're in Luxembourg. Okay, oh. I'm already in Europe. Awesome. I'm in Europe. <laughs> actually, I, kind of, I really like that. I like that idea, actually, that the first, yeah, the first five minutes of the game, are like, I want to go on a European vacation until you find out you're in the European city. Um, and then it's just like, oh, well, I guess I'll visit a different European city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think you can kind of see where this would go from a humor point of view. It's very sort of surreal, um, quirky humor. And he really almost- didn't like the fishing village when he went there. Saw all those fish <laughs> being gutted. Yeah, well, you've got all sorts of fish puns. If he's just like, oh, I was going to say like Pike Place Market in Seattle, but we're in Europe. But anyway, like a fish market and they're throwing the fish and stuff. And he's like, oh, that looks like fun. Wait, what do you mean they're all dead? <laughs> uh, basically discovering like the genocide of his people that they eat fish for food and- but they don't seem to eat goldfish. Yeah, they don't eat goldfish. Goldfish have that privilege. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we brought it back to it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Let's keep it lighter, lighter than that. 
I guess, how do people react to this fish? Are they like I so surprised? like the idea of there's they just they accept um they accept the offer that he's a fish and <laughs> <Yeah>. then they <laughs> and then they just continue along with their day and and you know, they they basically act as though this is just a normal thing and as you go as you go around like you see different pets that are that are on their European vacations as well like <laughs> axolotl yeah I'm, I'm, all- I'm imagining like there's there's like a parrot who's who's off on I was going to say parrot yep off on their um Vacation and, and, you know, sort of final swan song before. Do, 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 a parrot on vacation. <laughs> You've been listening to too much Hey Riddle Riddle. <laughs> Never too much. Uh, yeah, okay, I- I'm trying to get into my mind who I want to do the voice of this fish. Oh, shit. That's good. Is Yeah, I guess, is this sort of a- Is it like a, a Patrick Warburton <laughs> solving- I don't know. Or I've, I've, do you go more of, uh, yeah, that's tough. Fish, goldfish. Okay. We've done this once before and it's come up with some pretty, pretty cool, um, laughs. All right. Have a think could, could be your person. Okay. And then, um, on the count of three, two, one, we'll say who we think should actually be voicing this fish. Three, two, one. One, Dame Will Maggie Smith. Smith. <laughs> well, they're both Smiths. Yep. <laughs> Dame Maggie Will Smith. Uh- <laughs> I know. I, I'm just picturing, you know, Mrs. McGonagall as this wise fish sort of yeah. going around. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was definitely going in, in a different direction with mm-hmm. more of a kind of cool fish vibe, but I like it as sort of the- the wise. wiser, more down-to-earth sort of fish. They're, yep. like, everyone else is-, is And, and that, is, that juxtaposes the wackiness of the fact that she's a fucking fish on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, to be a very serious that she, sort of- like, she's, Yeah, she just doesn't take any shit. Yep. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that. But That's I also cool. like the idea of a Will Smith sort Will of- Smith can play the parrot that yep. she befriends. You've used um, that joke before, except you used it as- um, Who was it? Um Ricky Gervais as the parrot. As a parrot? <laughs> yes, in, in one of the pirate games oh, that we did. <laughs> that's funny. Well, it's certainly because we already said parrot yeah, today. I know. <laughs> um, Ricky Gervais, even though he's a prick, uh, would make a good parrot, though. Yep. He's, he's a pretty good parrot. So was Stephen Merchant. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, if we're going to hire Ricky Gervais, let's just not and hire Stephen Merchant instead. Yeah. Because Stephen Merchant is just awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so we know how it would be if if Maggie Smith was there, but I do like the idea of a Will Smith sort of led vehicle in in this goldfish game um, because it wouldn't be very. Um, I mean, uh, look, he's he's played an animated fish before. Yeah, he has <laughs> in Shark Tale. Shark Tale, that memorable um, piece of cinema. Yes, uh, cinema history. Hmm. Um, I know. I'm kind of now imagining like Will Smith as Hitch, but as a goldfish, <laughs> <laughs> going around like trying to set people up, help people with their relationship problems. <laughs> the benefit, <laughs> the benefit of being a goldfish and only having a three second second memory is that you can, you know, see people as they really are and see them fresh every time with fresh eyes. <laughs> it's got all these fucking. <laughs> yes, I poop in my own water. But yes, I drink that. Pre- but yes, you've been pooping in your own water. This is a metaphor for your relationship. <laughs> don't you live in New York and you you're an you're a part of the affluent <laughs> neighbourhood, aren't you? <laughs> part of the affluence neighbourhood. Uh, <laughs> all right, I, <laughs> I think we're done. I think we're yep. done for today. We're going to leave it there. So, thank you for joining us on this waterlogged episode of BitStorm. If you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com slash BitStorm. All of our previous episodes are there. There is a huge backlog. We're coming up fast on episode 200. Uh, mm-hmm. That's This is just insane. We are also part of the 8-Bit Collective, and this is a group of podcasts around video gaming, pop culture, role-playing. There's some actual play stuff that's going on that's really cool. Just go check them out, 8bit.net. Check out the Patreon. They're donating uh, Patreon funds to Black Lives Matter. Yeah, and, so- and we're really proud to be 
part of this um this forward thinking collective so absolutely yeah yeah uh so go check them out at 8bit.net do you like podcasts do you like gaming do you like australia go check out the australasian gaming podcast network on facebook or at agp network on twitter and finally we'd like to thank Kuridas for the use of the song Mount Defiance of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. Hi, I'm Trevor Scott. Uh, I'm Ben Slinger. Sorry, I went around my fishbowl. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs>